everybody and welcome to another edition of Retro here on the Grapple Patreon. I'm Matty. And I'm Gareth. And we're back, Gareth. We're back for episode three, talking all things Brett the Hitman Heart. You know, his great matches, his hidden gems, his milestones, his title wins. Episode three, mate. I mean, uh, you know, can you believe it? Oh, it's, it's, it's rolling. I said last time, it's a, two episodes in, it's a thing. It's definitely yeah. a thing now, isn't it? It's a... Uh, Three in a row, and thanks for everybody who's listened to the first two episodes. And we've had like lots of like you know cracking feedback from people. Sounds like people are in enjoying this, and, and why wouldn't you? Just an hour talk about Brett Hart. What's not to like? Exactly, exactly, mate. And, and this episode is um, it's it, it's a a super you know it's obviously based around Brett, but it's also based around the uh, another superstar that some people uh, very well may know. A certain, uh, certain superstar called Steve. Um, there we yeah, go. There you go. And like, uh, we know you're happy about it. T-shirt on there, Matty. It is. It is. It's Steve here. <laughs> it's the one where he's got Vince's head as well. So <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> no, episode episode three of Retro. We've uh, we've uh, dubbed it Shaping Steve, and uh, the reason for that is because obviously. Bret Hart played a, a big hand in the rise of, of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Obviously, you know, he's taken on the, the Stone Cold character. Um, he's obviously he's won the, the King of the Ring and he's sort of built that momentum through the, you know, turning up that character to 10 and, you know, a lot of what he's doing, you know, very much fitting, kind of like the, the counter culture of the time. Uh, but... Brett is someone who, again, Steve obviously always gives a lot of credit for, really, in the role that he played in in terms of sort of like helping him sort of get there, really, in those early days, and just sort of giving him that element of credibility to kick him on to to the to the next level, and you know, sort of almost be that you know a little bit of a bridge, really, of him getting into the main event scene. And um, you know, I think when people think um, Brett and they think Steve. Naturally, the two matches that come to to mind with people are obviously the uh, Survivor Series 1996 match that they have when Brett uh, returns from his uh, break or kind of break. And we will go into that. We're going to go into that. (laughs) And the other other match, obviously, is the uh, WrestleMania 13 match. Uh, You know, those are the naturally the two that people people jump to. Now we're not talking about either of those matches today. We're talking nope. about matches that uh, come just before those in in two instances, two very uh, two very different matches, but both play a pretty uh, strong role in um, getting Steve Austin to to the level that we that we see at Survivor Series and that we see at WrestleMania 13, and obviously then cementing himself as part of that that main main event scene going forward. So um, the the two matches that we've uh, selected. To include on on this retro, uh, the one that comes first is um, 
Bret Hart against Steve Austin from the Sun City Super Bowl uh, in South Africa on the 14th of September 1996. And um, this is a match that comes two months before the Survivor Series match. And yep. this is the one that, you know, we always try and do the, the hidden gem. This is very much the, the hidden gem uh, in, in this one here. It's sort of one of those matches that I don't think a lot of people have seen. Some people have seen, but it's not sort of like widely, widely talked about. Whereas... Um, the second match, I'll let you announce this one, Matty, because this is uh, this is your choice. Yeah, this is also as as listeners will will be uh, following along. This we've been doing as world title wins as the marquee matches uh, for each episode. So this is Bret Hart's fourth WWF title win, which is the final four match from In Your House thirteen, where it's Bret, Undertaker, Steve, and uh, Vader. So yeah, that's uh, that's more as you say. It's obviously more well known, and it's a proper. I know a, a joke about the IWC, but it's an IWC absolute classic. This one, everyone likes this match, don't they? Do they? We will. Find oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, no, and, and we've just announced the matches. We can go into the story of the first match we're going to talk about today, and as you say, it's from September nineteen ninety six. So. We're going to go back to... He's going to come up nearly every episode, isn't he, Shawn Michaels? Let's be honest. We're going to go back to uh, WrestleMania 12 because we need to begin there where Shawn Michaels does, in fact, defeat Bret Hart in the Ironman match, which everyone knows. And after that, Bret, you know, takes a hiatus or, you know, more from TV, as as we're going to delve into here. He takes time off TV. He he wants to delve into the acting and goes to Hollywood, Gareth, and... First question I want to ask you today, mate, is Lonesome Dove, was you ever a fan? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know if I ever saw an episode. I feel like in the back back of my brain, like it was maybe on Sky One, but like possibly like, but again, it's something that's like blurred the memory. Like I've, I've got those images of Brett, like in Lonesome Dove, like the photos that you see and things like that, like burned it burned in my brain like those, but did I watch the episode or not? couldn't tell you to be honest and it certainly isn't a, isn't something that I've gone back and revisited maybe a Bretro 100 or something like that will do Brett's TV and film oh 100% <laughs> but you know but that's what as I say that's what you know on telly the, obviously he wasn't there but as I found out as well watching the um, the Blu-ray that this match was on is the, the Bret Hart's Dungeon uh, uh, hidden like release WWE brought out on Blu-ray it's like he was still doing his commitments, Gareth. He was still doing his tours, his European and world tours all around the world because in April, he'd done a tour of Germany after WrestleMania. He was sent to Kuwait in May to join the roster on, on tour there. And obviously, he's on tour in South Africa. Yeah, so... And these were pretty extensive tours. They're like two to three to four weeks each tour. So he's still getting his reps in on the uh, on the road as our breath, isn't he? Yeah, and I think this was one... I think with this event... Um... I think been quite high profile in South Africa as well. I think this was one where they'd almost been like told, like, like no, you have to have Brett on this on on this show. He was advertised, you know. So it was. Yeah. So I think um, WWF's hand had been forced to some degree to you know make sure Brett was over there and make sure that he, that he was on this tour. But equally, um, you know, 
Brett was getting weighed in as well, just to make sure he was there as well. So it was win-win for Brett to come out and uh, meet up with some of those non-US fans who were always going uh, wild for him and earn a bit of extra dough on the side as well. Were the, were the film and Lonesome Dove over there? Did I like? Am I making that up in my mind? I'm, I'm thinking he might have been filming in South Africa as well or something, or maybe oh, that was just some <laughs> bollock, bollocks on the commentary. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the reason they used to get like to say why he was there as well, because the playing up, which I'll go into before we actually talk about the match of like, this is his last date, you know, that he's going to do, he's f- fulfilling his commitment. And this is the time he was teasing, or even in real life, isn't he? Like, he's debating whether he first time is. Bischoff's made kind of an offer, hasn't he? Or an approach to go to WCW. So it is kind of up in the air. And, you know, but before we get into, into Brett, we've got to just quickly talk about Steve as the opponent here. You know, obviously WrestleMania 12, he beat Savio Vega. He's just turned into the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not the Stone Cold we'd see during this match, but he actually was given the name Stone Cold just before WrestleMania. And then once we get to a couple of months later in your house eight, obviously he loses the strap match to Savio Vega, which in the gimmick of the match was Ted DiBiase. He was forced to leave. So he's got rid of the manager now, Steve. And a month after that, is where he wins the King of the Ring and cuts the obviously the iconic Austin 316 promo. And obviously, you know, long time fans will be aware. Did they push Steve to the moon straight away? Nope, because two months later, he's on the free for all match, which is basically like the pre show nowadays to uh, SummerSlam against Yoko Zuna. So it's not as if they actually went with them all the way, is it straight away with it with Steve Gareth? No, it's definitely one of those kind of like. Mandela effect things almost or something like that isn't it that people just think a king in the ring and then they think that was it rocket strapped and we're, we're yeah. off to the races with Stone Cold and um, it's you know it's a much much slower build than than people think and I think that's why you know I, I think part of the show really the, the credit with Brett as well like I, I yeah. mentioned up front the part that he plays and kind of like you know helping him along the way Brett you know Brett talking about you know, Steve is a guy he wanted to work with because he'd seen him in WCW. You know, he's seen his, you know, his, his in-ring talent and appreciated it and things and saw that 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 perfect um, fit between the, the the two. And you know, as as you know, we, we we see with Brett like along the way in in so many different ways. You know, is when there's somebody like that who Brett's on side with, who Brett likes. He wants to make them as well, doesn't he? As well as he, as well as get himself over and keep himself over. He's not totally selfish, although he can, you know, can obviously be at times in a certain scenarios. But you've um, got to be is, when you're when you're a big star. You've got to be a little bit selfish, haven't you? You've got to have that in you. That's the business, mate. It is. That's why we love it as well. Why we love it. But um, but just before we once again we get to the match, you know, on the superstars on thirty first of August, nineteen ninety six, is the first time. Stone Cold actually challenges Bret Hart and mentions him in a promo, which with it's an in-ring promo with Brian Pillman. And he basically says, you know, you're at home and you're sitting there, but I challenge you anytime to come and basically to basically fight me. So that's probably where like it's a bit early for Survivor Series and Steve keeps doing it. But that's probably a way as well, just about two weeks before this match of like making that kind of make sense as well, isn't it? So, you know, it's, you know, it's a good little, um, you know, a little way to get in motion. Time-wise, I can't remember if it's before this or it's before Survivor Series. Is that the old, if you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you have my exact opinion of Bret Hart. It's like one of my favourite line, favorite lines, but it's from around this period, isn't it? Like, I think that's the Mind Games pre-show we're in the <laughs> ring. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, what an absolute... Always remember that in, in, in this feud. What, what a shout that is. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. But 
Also, Gareth, I've done my research here. Two, the previous two nights on this tour, so you're talking like, you know, he's not even in there with Steve on this tour. It's the wild tag team match of Bret Hart and Mark Merrow against Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. That's the two nights before this match. That's also what Bret's doing on the tour. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Wild. Wild man. Wild man. Uh, you know, <laughs> Brett and Mark Merrow. Can you imagine any the double teams there they were like? <laughs> Christ. I, I, God, I, I can't. I want to watch that now. I don't think. I know. Just... <laughs> I hope they got Phil and anyone got a, 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 a fan held camera that match. We'd like to see yeah, that yeah. for sure. Totally for sure. But And also before the, uh, this this match, uh, I don't know if you watched it yourself on, on the Blu ray. Did you watch this? Uh, Cut off the Blu-ray, or no? I watched this on the on the um, on YouTube, or um, I think uh, I think YouTube or Daily Motion or wherever right. I uh, where, wherever I googled it and found it. I think I was saying to you after the show last time. I've never owned that DVD because I always oh, like yeah. looked looked at the uh, track listing and was like, well, I can just watch them matches like yeah, um, different, yeah. different routes now, sort of thing. But probably need to invest so I get those little extras that you're watching, mate. Oh, Gareth, there's some brilliant ones. I'll, I'll send you them personally once we finish this. There's some little, great little... It's got like a little five-minute thing at the end of like just Brett's favourite. So it'll be his favourite opponent, his favourite arena he's ever worked and stuff like that. It's a good little five minutes, that. But on this cut of the uh, of, of this match, there's two cracking little promos before it, you know, uh, filling backstage, just, just each guy talking to the camera, no interviewer holding the mic, just them talking to the camera. And Steve's just giving it all the bravado as you'd expect. But but Brett is really, really good. He's like all I had to I had to laugh though, because it's like typical. All these months have passed, all this time has gone between five months, mate. It, it's like it's a year that or years that he's been saying it. It's literally five months of sitting at home. It's just I always have to mention that every time someone steps stuff like that. But he's really putting it into the people's minds that like this is the last time you might ever see Brett the Hitman Art. You know, I'm gonna go out with a bang, I'm gonna defeat Stone Cold. And as you said before, it's like Brett always, it's kind of a dig at Sean as well. He always said, even before he got in the ring with Steve, you're the best technical wrestler in the WWF. You're the guy I want to get in there with the most. And I always thought that's a little dig at Sean as well, isn't it? And that's why yeah. we why we love him and that. But, um, but they are the two cracking, uh, cracking promos, Gareth. But yeah, this, this takes us right through. Uh, as you said before, this first match today is Stone Cold Steve Austin v. Brett the Hitman Hart from... Sun City, South Africa, at the Sun City Super Bowl on the September the 14th, 1996. We've got good old JR and Owen Hart on commentary for this one, which I thought Owen Hart was really good, Gareth, in this, you know, before we, we're not going to break it down, but I thought he was really good, you know, as a heel, but like bigging his brother up as well and having that little bit of respect for him as well, thinking, you know, he, he was going to like, and I know he played into the storyline of like, I've got Brett back on side now after all these months at home, but I think the dy dynamic worked really, really well in this, like. Yeah, definitely. It was weird at first because I was thinking, what's it? He's like, it was weird. Like, I was expecting him to just be in Brett's face, like, immediately kind of thing and just giving yeah. him shite. And, but then, like, he doesn't do that. And then just slowly, slowly through the match, he just starts to, you know, oh, I taught Brett that. And, you know, like, yeah. just getting his little digs in and things, you know, like, you know, this, I, I was better at that, but I let, I let Brett uh, have it when we were in the dungeon and things like that. And it was just brilliant job, though. Like, I think as a parent, I had, like, proper enjoyed their commentary. And you, you're just thinking, like, 
like god this is something you could have like had more of at the time definitely could de definitely yeah. could have had a bit more own on, own on the mic especially while brett was wrestling and this is where like jim ross as well like i think he's amazing in this i think this is like it reminded me of WCW Jim Ross, where he just had the reins to go out there and properly call it as a contest. And like, he, I thought he was really, really good in this as well. So, um, yeah, well, as you say, hopefully there's more hidden gems out there with these two on commentary, let alone the matches themselves. <laughs> so, you know, as I say, Gareth, we've, we've announced the match. And as only you can, mate, do you want to take it away with the uh, first bout today? Well, I'll come back to you immediately first, because I just okay. want to ask you about your thoughts on Steve's music here coming to the ring. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? It's like we do the the Brock one, like everyone like with the next big thing music. But I do like that early Brock Lesnar music. And this, while it's not even in the league of any of the uh, glass breaking stone cold music, I have gone fond of it over the years as I've got older. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I have. It's not a patch on them, as I say, but I've got a bit of a time for it these days. It's a little bit like a half Hunter Hearst Helmsley, half Gold Dusty or something like that. Yeah. It's just this weird. It's definitely from the same kind of uh, yeah, recording yeah. session or something like that as uh, as those. But you just, I was just watching Steve walk into the ring to that music, watching him get in the ring and walk around, and I was just like, like nope. that swagger and that war or that like confidence isn't there just yet, is it? Isn't there no, just yet? No, definitely, uh, definitely not, not, uh, not in fit in there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, just to get into the into the match. So you know, I think early on, obviously, like different crowds, South Africa and things like that. You know, Steve's doing a lot of work outside the ring just before it even starts, just giving the crowd plenty of shit before before the match, just walking around, just join at them all. You know, just classic, just been a you know been a been a dickhead here, really, just giving loads to the crowd and just um, just sort of setting the uh, setting the scene before we even start um, there in the in in the match, which. Again, is always appreciated there, just to make sure that there's a, a nice, clear crowd definition. Not that they wouldn't have been right behind Brett on uh, this oh, one. Oh, the right behind him, the, the, the fans are gagging for him, aren't they? Like, oh, they're yeah. really, like... That little pause before Brett's entrance kind of thing, before yeah. he, he's... They can just do a little anticipation suck, and then you either start a Brett's music and they're, they're fucking right into it. Those uh, international crowds for Brett back in the day, just eating it all up. It's not just Germany. You can have a, add South yeah. Africa to the mix. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, to be fair to him, like you know, he always mentions that that he was the first true world champion of the WWF. That, as you say, no matter where they went on tour, he was over so much, and he was looking back, he genuinely was. Yeah, and um, but then you know, I think obviously we've talked about this idea of Steve being a very different worker at this time. It's before. The um, neck injury, obviously, with, with with Owen Hart. So this was when you know Steve was very much seen as like that technical wrestler, and very you know that was, that was that was what it was it was it was known as. And you know they you know like you say Brett's dropping that in commentary, but even you know genuine real life stuff. You know Brett's talking about wanting to work with him because of technically how good he is in the ring and yeah. thinking about the matches that they they have and. It's a natural story for them to go to at the start of this this match, you know, as a as, as a wrestler near, and it's early on. It's very much, you know, this whole, you know, you know, very much trading lockups, you know, trading, you know, side headlocks, reversals going on um, there. But I think the sort of early on establishing that yes, while Steve's technical, he can't quite match it with Breck grappling wise because there's a couple of reversals here where Breck nearly gets two quick pins. There's a couple of reversals here where, you know, Steve had to grab some hair to retain the advantage. Um, 
but you know very much you know brett's doing a, a lot of reversals here and steve has to go out and you know powder on the outside and jaw to the crowd again because he's frustrated at not being able to get the better of uh, brett when it comes to the uh, to the early grappling contest then what i like uh, you know from a match structure point of view i'm, I'm I, I always love the way that um things get pieced together like this is that because he's frustrated he then gets back in the ring and he tries something else so here you've got austin applying the hammerlock but you know uh, brett reverses it and then into a half nelson for a pin attempt there you know brett's taking the control the arm ringer arm bar and but this is where steve then tries to get a bit of motion into the match so okay I can't match a close-up right. I'm going to try and do something here then to just um, try and, you know, get a bit of separation, see if I can get the better of you here there. So, you know, shoves him off the ropes, gives Brett a big elbow to the jaw, but then Brett immediately re reapplies the armbar. You know, you've got Brett control, uh, control, continuing to control him in the armbar, but Steve shoves him off again into the ropes to, uh, you know, to try and escape. Um, does a drop to old, but again, Brett floats over the top and reapplies the armbar, and Steve's off and out of the ring powder, and again, it's like, fuck, like, right, I've tried to put a bit of motion into things, like, that hasn't worked either, you know, Brett's still coming back, still grounding me with the armbar and things like that, so then it's get back into the ring, what's the Steve's next approach, can't beat him at grappling, can't beat him, you know, putting a bit of motion into the match. Right, some cheap tactics are going to come into play here. So he gets back in the ring this time, and it's the the offer of the handshake, which, you know, Steve <laughs> Steve is the heel doing that at, at this time. Why is your baby face don't trust him doing it? <laughs> <laughs> don't trust anyone, mate. Like you say, and, uh, Brett's not a uh, Brett's far too uh, long in the tooth to be a uh, fallen yeah. for anything anything like that. So um, so he's, he's not doing it. But when uh, when Steve offers the old uh, hand for the test of strength, the competitor in Brett he, he can't resist the strength uh, test he of strength. Can't. It's not he's, he's not going to shake his hand, but he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll he'll go for the test of strength just to prove that he's the better man and he's a he's a real a real man's man. But this is where Steve does manage to get an advantage. You know, he kicks uh, kicks Brett in the gut, but uh, Brett manages to reverse it again. So Austin kicks him in the uh, gut again, and you know takes the uh, takes him down, and you know takes the advantage. You know, so he's he's got that uh, got that cheap shot in there now, and then he then applies a bit of motion to escape, and you know hits the uh, hits the thres, thes press, but Brett managed to counter the thes press into a pinning position, and you know they uh, trade a pair of two count reversals there. So this again is now tried to cheat a bit is tried to take a few cheap shots along the way and Brett's still turning around still getting the upper hand you know and um, this is one where Brett downs Steve with an elbow goes for the sharpshooter but Steve slides to the outside and powders again and this time he's giving it the old timeout signal he's walking <laughs> up the aisle you know he's really kind of like reevaluating his strategy and you know what could I what can I do here because he's had three shots at him here and he's he hasn't managed to come out on the upper hand in in any of them that he's uh, done so hard done so far but this is where third time now this is where you start to get Steve on top and this is where you start to get Brett fighting under underneath back in the ring Brett goes you know goes back to that armbar again but this time you know Steve pulls the hair to escape um, as he'd done in, initially in the match but then behind the referee's back, you know, gives that reverse sort of mule kick, kicks Brett in the nuts, and then that's it, you know. So he's, he's, he's not, it's not a cheap shot now. It's a fucking massive cheap shot, you know. The old kick yeah. to the knackers, like, to, you know, properly gain advantage there. He's had to, he's had to really go for it there to, to get himself on top. And now he's on top. He's stomping Brett. He's taunting him. He's choking him in the ropes. He's 
back first into the buckle a couple of times. Is it elbows to the chest? He's stomping on Brett's fingers. He's got him on the outside. He's dropping elbows to his chest on the apron, double axe handle on the outside, you know, putting him through foot first on the guardrail. So you've, you know, you've you've really, really got Steve dominant here now. So his um his his third third powder and third different strategic attempt as a uh, paid dividends here. And you know, you get the little hope spot as Brett elbows uh, elbows uh, out uh, um, and runs her out. But again, Steve dumps him on the outside and Brett takes a nasty head first bump here, Matt. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that, yeah. that, that one. <laughs> Probably like top of the end landing here. I was thinking, Brett, you're not on telly here. What are you doing there? What are you doing? What are you doing never there? sure change of Brett. He never would. <laughs> and, um, and then on the outside there, just that last, uh, last little you know thing of Steve being on top. He does his old uh, trick of lifting the mats up on the outside. Oh, he loves go, this one, doesn't he? Got go, go for the old pile driver there that he, um, you know, is, is always successful, for, isn't he, with this one? <laughs> nope. Brett backdrops him as a poor old Steve always gets done and uh, Steve comes crashing to the floor. And this is, one one, where... this is one where he land fl- Obviously, <laughs> after his uh, neck injury, he took them basically and landed on his side, of course, to protect himself. But yeah, he's taking it full on lower back on the concrete. Yeah, 100%. And that's where you then get the um, get the momentum shift that that comes back the the other way as we um, as we as we, as we work towards the end of this match. You know, Steve's obviously made that bad decision on the outside. Brett's got the better of him, and back in the ring here, you've got um, you've got uh, Brett countering into a sleeper, which you know Steve reverses into a jawbreaker. You know, Always love that spot, mate. They've done that in there. Never. I love that. It looks so good. You know, honestly, oh, 100%. It's, it's one of them. Defo, uh, Defo taken, uh, taken a couple of them in people's living rooms over the uh, course, of the, <laughs> course of their life and ended up with a few, uh, a few bits of uh, bits of powder off your teeth on your tongue, like uh, with those. I've got to time them fuckers right. But, um, can I always show you as well? Before, sorry to put in, I, I forgot to mention it before because when they were reversing them cradles, Gareth. I mean, did Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn watch this match back to get their spots? Because honestly, some of them cradles, like the one where like he pushes himself up and then he tucks Austin's head under back into the sunset for him. I was yeah. marking out like, come on, loving all that. <laughs> loving that. Oh, but uh, yeah, just like, again, this given how few the work, just things like that, they're just so... Natural, Obviously, isn't it? just yeah. smooth, natural, so good. perfect chemistry, and things, things like that between the the pair of them. This is, you know, when they're doing things like that and putting a bit of pace into it as well. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's it's absolutely great. But you know, with the, with this, you know, obviously. Um, with, there's the there's the jawbreaker, uh, Brett's uh, gets a reversed Irish whipped into a buckle, and then this is where Brett starts to sort of set up the finisher as we've talked about before. Backbreaker two count, side Russian two count. You know, Brett floats over an Austin suplex attempt into a cradle for a two count there. So again, another example of him using the counter. Um, but um, one of my old favourites here is Steve. Uh, Steve had put his leg into the suplex attempt to block, oh, I was, I block Brett's that. attempt. Yeah. Like, always, always loved that old school like <laughs> a suplex counter. But it was great to see Steve do that counter and then Brett float over to do the other it, counter. Yeah. You know, Brett backdrops Steve to the outside and cross bodies him over the top. So you've got that like Brett's Plan. very yeah, much, I was loving that. very, very, very much, uh, very much on top here. Like so, um, so. You're thinking Brett's coming into the uh, coming into the, the finish here. He's done his few setup moves, but this is something that's um, good here. Is that they then tease a momentum shift back the other way because you know Steve reverses an Irish whip and sends Brett now 
chest first, the old chest first buckle bump, uh, bump. spot like for, for a two count. Steve puts Brett on the top turn buckle, but Brett pushes him off and, you know, lands a top rope elbow. Not no, the second. Of, why I've got written down Cabotel's wild. I loved it because every match, top rope, and he gives me a fucking love yeah. that. I think, I think it was a Owen referenced as well, didn't he? Like, oh, Brett's yeah. not used to doing that from the top sort of thing as well. So like, Owen got that in commentary here, you know. Um, goes for the sharpshooter, but Steve thumbs him in the gives him a thumb to the eye. Again, one of my favourite shithouse heel shortcuts that you can do. I'll, always pop for a thumb to the eye, like 100%. Steve gives, gives the signal for the Stone Cold Sunner here. There's no kick to the stomach. No. It's the, uh, it's you can have back when he first done. Little signal for the uh, stunner, but Brett reverses into a backslide and then pushes off the buckle into an inside cradle for the one, two, three, and... Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart wins this match in. I haven't read the time down, but I'm guessing about 20 minutes uh, for for this one. It so is, a nice, uh, it is nice. 20 minutes and five seconds to be precise. Oh, five five seconds off. There you yeah, go. So a nice, uh, nice, uh, nice, tight uh, 20 minutes there. But you know, I've talked through the detail there. You know, but uh, brilliant little match. Just like brilliant, like. Obviously, not the same fanfare, not the same, um, not the same scale as some of like their bigger matches of bigger pay per views and things like that. You know, this going on obviously in you know, you know, taped in a South African tour and things like that. But as far as a story start to end and just two fucking high class wrestlers just working like a, at a top top level, brilliant, brilliant match this one. Yeah, and like, you know, as listeners will know, like sometimes I do like not take the mic when I say wrestling and proper wrestling and stuff, but this was genuinely good wrestling, Gareth. Like, it, as you say, at a high level with two good wrestlers, everything looked crisp, everything looked snug. There was a good pace to it. That is what it's all about, though, mate. That, like, you know what I mean? There was just no faults at all. It was flawless. And as you say, Old school though, wasn't it? You know what I mean? I know this is 96, but it had all them little, as you say, blocks, reversals, what you'd expect from a heel versus face dynamic. Absolutely, honestly, if no one's seen this or dug this out, go and watch it straight away because you will not be disappointed in this one. And I think it's that, like, you know, when you look at it's. It's it's not just a match. It's got that story to it, kind of thing. It's this is a throwaway match in the middle of a tour where Brett's off telly on five, you know, for five months. They yeah. could have just gone out there and worked for fifteen minutes and done fucking just Storm, yeah, little, shite, the little, lot, little yeah. back and forward, just like put things in. But they've they've pieced together that little story there about Steve not being able to get the better of him and having to powder a few times and come back with different tactics and different attempts and things like that. And you know, it's it's one of them if you if you're watching that and you're paying attention to it to the to the details like fucking brilliant like it's better than like 95 percent of anything that you'll see on tv in the last 12 in the last 12 months because no not as many people are just putting that level of thought into the into the detail of the match structure and that's why we've got a podcast called bretro because there's one man who does and his name's brett the hitman heart and this is it i don't want to end us you know i'm not speaking for you as well mate but i don't want to end up like these old guys that it was so much better back in the day, but you've just nailed it there. It's right. It's so just go into this, just put it on and just honestly, like it's so good. Like genuinely is like, cause I, you know, I was expecting it to be good, Gareth, of course, because of look who's in there, 
But I was just, I was generally took back a bit more that it was that good. Like it really was so good. And as you say, for it being on a South African tour, I know they've had a, a, other matches on other tours, but not that many. So like this is like within the first half dozen times, they've probably wrestled each other. And they had this down already. And as you say, just two full on pros. Great stuff. Go, go and dig this match out, honestly. And, and people talk about, obviously, like the Survivor Series match that follows this two months later is a great, great match. And it's what, you know, it's one that people will, you know, point to as a, a classic Bret Hart match and, you know, classic Bret and Steve match to, together. But, you know, seeing this kind of, again, it just helps sort of set the scene for them then working together two months later. And I think what's interesting with that one is, is that there's elements of this that, you know, they go back to some spots and things like that yep. that they've done here and things like that naturally because, you know, they've they've worked together, they've done something that's worked and things, but it's not the same match at all. Can't, you know, no. it's, it's, it's very different. And then actually, if you watch the Survivor Series match, like after this one, as I've done, even though the TV audience of the day wouldn't know this, there's elements there where it's like Steve Austin's learned or something from what's gone before because he is a bit more aggressive in certain instances. He does get on top a bit more, in, uh, you know, uh, on top of Brett's uh, counters. He does, you know, where he's on top of Brett, it lasts for a bit longer and um, is like applying different methods and things like that. So they're not meant to be a companion piece. They're not meant to go each together and feed into each other because they're not meant, meant to be viewed that way. But if you do view them that way, you almost just get a little insight into the head of Bret Hart and Steve Austin, I think, there when they're piecing these two two matches together and just thinking of little things that probably were just to pop themselves or to you know just because it was the stuff in the in their own minds here as well, which which I loved. Yeah, oh, great stuff, Gareth. As, as I said for the third time, you know, without well, I am repeating myself. Just go and watch this match if you haven't seen it, or if you haven't seen it in in years, go and watch it straight away. Right. So we will move on to the uh, second uh, match today, Gareth, and we'll talk the stories behind this one. And there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot on telly, and there's a lot in real life we need to talk about here. Busy time, busy time. <laughs> yeah, it's just a busy. It's our favourite year on, on this network of 1997. <laughs> so we're going there, yes. And we will start at the Royal Rumble '97, and this is where you know Stone Cold Steve Austin wins the 1997 Royal Rumble, but he does it in some of the most underhanded, heelish tactics you're ever likely to see. Basically, Bret Hart throws Steve Austin out. But whilst the referees are attending to a, a scrap, I think it's between um, Terry Funk and Mick Foley, isn't it, on the outside? Stone Cold slithers back in like the uh, rattlesnake that he is. <laughs> and he runs right over and he eliminates the Undertaker and Vader together who were wrestling against the ropes. And just as Bret Hart's dumping um, the fake diesel out there, Bret Hart hasn't got a chance to even turn around. He's dumped over the top rope by Stone Cold. And the referees have finally seen this. And think Stone Cold's the winner and declare him the winner. And just an iconic like ending Gareth to, to a rumble that's like it's one of the best of all time. Oh, hundred percent. It's it's again, it just like where you just like piece things together as you know, you, the development of the character and things like that. Like they couldn't have written it better for Stone Cold Steve Austin at that time if they tried. It was like yeah. it it just fit so perfectly with where that character was 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 at where it was going the rise to popularity as well and then also just the 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 influence that it then has on like a Bret Hart and things and his character development going forward from from here as well it's a absolute absolute classic and so well done brilliantly done 
And with that takes us straight away, Gareth, to the night after. So, you know, like we, we talk about these uh, roars after Mania. This is the roar after the Rumble. And this is one of the best, like, one-hour editions of Raw there's ever been for me. Like, because the next night opens with Bret Hart and he grabs the mic and he's he's not happy. He's He's been screwed by HBK. He's been screwed by Steve Austin. He's been screwed by the WWF. And, to, and he even mentions by, screwed by Vince McMahon himself. And he quits. He said he's not taking it no more and he just quits. And as he's quitting, you know, Steve comes out and he says, go on, go off back to Canada. The only person you can ever beat your own father, he says. The only person you can ever beat Stu. <laughs> and Brett's nearly off, go one foot out the door. Classic line by Steve here. <laughs> and Steve's basically loving it, gloating that, like, go on, you're a crybaby, get out of the WWF. And, and, and that's what we see. And then um, later on in the show, like, Vince disappears from commentary for a bit, so they're like... You know, you're not really known that he's the owner, Gareth Lowe's at this point. You know, it's, you know, dipping in now and again if you're the, if you're the casual viewer, especially. So then later on, he comes back in the ring and a good old mate, we mentioned him a couple of times on, on uh, the so far, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, old Gino's in there. He's still the president of the year, do the we have at the time. So he, he announces, you know, in the interest of fairness, you know, if Breck can accept this invitation to come back, you know, he's put a four-way match together, the first of its kind in the WWF. It's going to be the three wrestlers who Stone Cold illegally eliminated. That's The Undertaker, Vader and Bret Hart himself in there with Steve Austin, you know, in a four-way match. And the winner will be the number one contender for the WWF title at WrestleMania. And it's an elimination match. You can be eliminated over the top rope. That's how we're going to do this. Like, carrying on, obviously, from the Royal Rumble here rules. And Steve comes out. He's not happy. He's like, I've won the Royal Rumble. What are you doing? You know, he's, he's quit. Didn't you watch the show? He's quit earlier on. And um, But then as he's uh, tirading against uh, Gino and Vince, Bret Hart comes back through the crowd as a great, always the scraps he had with Steve. Gareth always looked dead realistic. You know, I, I love them. Good scraps. And then um, they have a scrap which takes you to the break. And But also... We've got a main event of Stone Cold and The Undertaker yet to come. This is all in like 45 minutes without adverts. Got all this has gone on. It's, it's a great <laughs> roar, one of the best ever. So you get to Austin The Undertaker, and then obviously that leads to a schmaz where at the end, Brett comes because it cuts and Vader and Brett are to scrapping backstage. It's just chaos. It's non stop. And they end up coming to ringside, and Raw goes off the air with the final four competitors uh, scrapping, giving you a little preview of what to expect in this match. And honestly, Gareth said it again. One of the best roars they've ever done, and, and specifically, all within forty-five minutes. This it's 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 remarkable. Yeah, I haven't watched it in preparation for this, but like you giving it the big build before we recorded, and then there, I'm definitely throwing this on tomorrow just to uh, catch up and uh, catch up and give that one a a rewatch because um, yeah, it's just it's just it just again it's just another thing of it all just piecing in together both into this story but then also just to the the time in wrestling like you say just the little the things of like Vince being the owner and stuff like even though you you knew it at the time it was still like when it was like mentioned on TV and stuff like yeah. that you know because because you just weren't used to that it was just little kind of little um I don't know, little pieces of, of of realism that were starting to just like bleed their way into the show a bit more and more kind of thing and just make it feel a little bit more contemporary at the time and things. So uh again, yeah, yeah, loved, loved, loved all that. And what a good what a good different idea as well. You know, we talk about like the totally. end that, that that rumble been brilliant, but and the end into that rumble been brilliant. But then using the end to that rumble to then create a match and to you know yeah. 
construct something in this this way, even adding those different rules to the match that you that you talked about there, there as well. Like, just great, just a bit different, and we all like different. Don't we? Well, that ties in though, Gareth, because all this is great in on paper and in theory, and we're always going to be leading to. You know, the original match of WrestleMania 13 was meant to be the rematch from WrestleMania 12. So it was meant to be Brett going up against that old mate, Sean. And once again, as this road ends off the air, that's still the plan. That's what we've got gearing towards. You know, Brett's going to win this fatal four-way and be the number one contender and go on to wrestle Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 13. But, oh no, three days before this match that we're going to talk about on Thursday, Raw Thursday, on the 13th of February, 1997, Good old Sean, he loses his smile and he vacates the WWF title, throwing plans in absolute chaos, Gareth, three days before the pay-per-view. Unlike Sean, this isn't it. Yeah. Unlike Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he deserves to be called Michael for that one, doesn't he? His real name. <laughs> As I always say, when's the last time? Say if one of the wrestlers or one of the NXT crew shouted Sean, he turned around. If someone shouted Michael, he wouldn't react, would he? And it's yes. really, he would not flinch. It's his remarkable. Mom. Yeah. Only, only his mum. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way he's turning around. Yeah. Only in wrestling. Only in wrestling. But yes, yeah, so obviously, Sean like, does his best to scupper these plans because he, you know, he doesn't want to basically return the favour, does he, to, uh, to Brett and... You know, Brett's, you know, it's who you believe. And we always believe Brett, don't we, Gareth? So it's like, you know, Brett had said, didn't he, earlier on, like Sean, to be fair, on his RF shoot had said, like, you know, when Brett said, when he leaves, you know, let's work the boys. Let's say stuff in the, in, you know, in the press and local stuff or anytime we get asked and make it look like we don't like each other. But once again, it being wrestling, they worked themselves into his shoot, didn't they? <laughs> and this is where it's like, it's just... It's chaos. It's genuine chaos. This. Oh, it's um. Yeah, he's got his got his dicky knee, hasn't he, Sean? He's, he uh, has. He's, needs his never uh, wrestle needs, again. All that gives you the needs, full like. Needs his knee. Needs his, needs his knee surgery and uh, doing somersault backflips off the top rope. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've got to take your hat off to that, taking the piss at the highest level, like, you know, fair play to him. But as I say, this is uh, three nights before the match. So obviously now the final four match is going to be not just the number one contender. It's actually going to be for the WWF title. And Psycho Sid, who was meant to wrestle Shawn Michaels on Thursday Raw Thursday, is going to get the shot the night after on Raw is War against the winner. And obviously the new WWF champion. So they covered it quite well there. They had stuff. It looked like that if that was part of it, but it wasn't. But it looked, you know, it was well laid out. And you'd think that would be part of the plans, but it just worked out that way, Gareth. And and also, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I know in, sorry, I know in Brett's book, he talks about like the original idea being for the Brett V. Sean for the title at WrestleMania. But then but then Vince also saying to him, it's like, no, we're going with uh we're going with Sid and Taker. But you're still going to face Sean, and um, it's going to be a ladder match, and you're going to win, and it's going to be a ladder match for you for each other's hair, and you're going to get to cut his hair off. And I'm like, in what world was Sean agreeing to that? In fucking yeah, I've never heard that before. Is that <laughs> it says that in hell. his book. It says it in his book. Yeah, yeah. But Imagine that's, that. one of, that's one of them where you're a bit like, mm, 
maybe uh, maybe memories are getting in the way of a bit of truth there because I can't see Vince McMahon at this time being like, no. oh yeah, he, he won't fucking drop the belt. Get, yeah, we'll make him out, cut his hair off instead. <laughs> that ain't happening. I think he tried to drop the belt with the honest, <laughs> at the time. But um, no, as I say, this this WrestleMania, you know, as we as we said, there there was so many different plans and they had to pivot in so many different directions. But like before this final four match, like. Two nights previous again, which I didn't know, done, done, done a bit looking up on our uh, on cage match there in the history of WWE uh, websites to use. And they actually had this match uh, the previous two nights. They ran the same match, the Fatal 4-Way match, the same All four right. wrestlers. And The Undertaker got the win in both of them matches. And I was going to mention this when, when, when we break it down, Gareth, but... Mark's over in, this, in, in the match we're about to uh, break down. He's over so much, so like... Maybe they are like there's this stuff thinking there, but obviously it's 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 down that that Brett obviously got the win, but yeah, Taker goes over in them um, them two previous four ways. Interesting. I never I, I never looked at that, so I didn't even know that they happened. And you know that it's it's probably another example of who knows. Like things could have been torn up. There's probably still probably fucking deciding who was going to win this match going into it, and you know yeah. thinking about what they're going to be doing on Raw the next night and things feeding into yeah. Mania and who they wanted to then. Be the one taking the belt at Mania and things like that as well. So yeah, a, lot, a whole lot of um, lot of um, stuff up in the air and lots of different like booking plans and stuff. I suppose booking those two matches would take a win, and I guess they maybe throwing the uh, house show crowds off the scent of what was going to happen on the yeah. pay per view as well. Maybe would take a win in both of those, and uh, anyone uh, anyone picking up on the news from from them shows as as, as well. But good old Sean. Absolutely thrown it into disarray. Things fucking all over the place here. And uh, fair play, uh, WWF at this point, really, with that being the situation, they couldn't have handled it any better. Really, I think yeah. the way that they've like booked things on the the the, the fly here, yeah. you know, during that rumble to to here period, just just pretty uh, pretty seamless with the result that they get to. Yeah. So Gareth, yeah, that takes us to the uh, second match today. We're going to talk about which is. The final four match at In Your House 13 on the 16th of February 1997 from the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We've got Bret the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker versus Vader for the WWF title. And once again, Gareth, take it away. Well, I'll start with a trivia question, Matty. Do you know what's okay. no, what's um, what's important about this, um, this pay-per-view main event for Steve? For Steve, uh, is it his first crack at the title? It, it's his first pay-per-view main event. Um, oh, okay. That's, uh, um, so uh, yeah. there you go. It's uh, in the whole shaping Steve, uh, him getting involved here, getting involved in Brett. It also puts that in, it puts him in that position as well, where he's uh, he's getting to you know be in his first pay-per-view you know main event as a, eight months later after king of the ring this is as well so that yeah. just shows you as well a long time back then you know what I mean? eight months is not on now but back then it was a hell of a long time <laughs> but uh just to show again just to reiterate that point around it not just been like gangbusters immediately after the king of the ring like steve's got the proper music here glass shatters it takes him a little bit of time to come out but um 
surprisingly muted pop for Steve here. Like, you know, yeah. I was wait, I was waiting for the crowd to go bonkers here and, and it doesn't happen, does it? You know, which no. is uh, weird, whether it's just that particular crowd on that particular day, whether it's, you know, again, whether it's because that Stone Cold character's not as far down the line as it would be. And no. then, you know, the, it, it maybe emphasises the importance of what happens at WrestleMania a month later and exactly. things like that for the character, you know, you know, for the character. But again, it just really just emphasises this fact that it was a bit of a... Um, Bit of a slower build, um, but you've uh, you've got Steve who's come down there. You've uh, you've got a little Brett interview in the back with Kevin Kelly uh, beforehand, and you know Brett's saying at the end of this there should be no argument who the winner is, and may the best man win. Me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Great, great line, great line from Brett. And then I like the way the camera just follows Brett all the way from the back through the curtain and into the uh, arena, so you get that kind of. You know, you, you're following Brett right through to, to to him coming out of the aisle as well. So it's a great visual just to start with a with, with Brett coming out coming out there. But if I could logically break down the first match that we discussed today into a you know very distinct story and very distinct sort of processes or chapters almost like through the match, this match is not a match that you can do that with really, and it's it's because. As you'd expect from a four-way like this, it's just like it's just an absolute brawl, just all the way through, you know, kind of thing. You know, you've you, you, you've got loads of different combinations going on through this match that you're looking to pay pay attention to. You've obviously just got in the ring going on, outside the ring, and things like that. So there's not a clean cut, obvious kind of like story with this match. It's more just about the action that's going on with yeah. this uh, with this match. And and I think the good thing that you've got here is I think just that combination of people where you've got Undertaker, you've got Vader, you've got Brett, you've got Steve Austin, just four sort of like, you know, very different guys, four different styles as, as well that like work into this as well. So it almost feels like that within the within the you know 25 minutes or so that this match is 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 on that um you always get these like mini, like mini different matches kind of thing. Yeah. Where you know one guy's the bigger guy, one guy's the little guy. One, then suddenly a technical match happening. Suddenly it's uh, something that's a bit more like power based or something like that as well. Something that's a bit more brutal on the outside and things like that. So you've got all these different uh, elements going on, but you know naturally Brett and Steve just immediately just pair off at the start of this and just start you know uh, going at it with each uh, with each other and Taker and Vader um, pair off immediately. You've got Brett. And Steve brawling on the inside of the ring. You've got Vader and Taker brawling on the outside. You know, you've got just fucking shit just happening at like a hundred mile an hour. You've got Brett taking a front buckle shot uh, straight away in the in the match. You know that that sternum sternum to the to the buckle. Meanwhile, at the same time on the outside of the ring, you've got Taker kicking an attempted chair shot into Vader's uh, face there, and then um, getting fired into the steps like just fucking wild just just yeah. shit just going on all over the place and this is where then you just get the first sight of vader's eye that um he gets busted open here and like bloody hell it's like off it's like someone, chip, off, a, it's a, someone off a horror film isn't it like but it looks like he's had a drill in his eye or something like that doesn't it you know it's, it's a rough one it's a really really rough one and it was also because vader doesn't turn the chair around so he takes the boot of the chair with the back side of the chair, it's not the flat side, so that's why it, it automatically goes right into his like over his eye, doesn't it? And it's 
It's a grim one. But also, Gareth, even at the start, like Vader's busting belly to bellies on the Undertaker straight away. <laughs> like it's really we're going right into this. There's no feel out process, which you yeah. wouldn't expect in a four-way. So it's it's uh, it's good in that regard, like. Oh, totally. Just like set the scene from the from the off with the way that they go they go in a year. Then then you've got your pairs switching, you've got Brett with Vader, you've got Steve with Taker, you've got Vader, you know, low blow and Brett, you've got Vader twatting Brett's back with the chair, you've got Steve trying to pile drive uh, Taker on the entrance on the outside there. <laughs> we know how that one ends, Taker back dropping him uh, out of it, um, uh, pulling that spot out of the arsenal again. Um, but um, yeah, so you've got that that chaos, uh, chaos going on there. Then you've got bit switching. You've got like Brett's now with Taker in the ring, and you know Taker suplexes him for a near fall. You've got Steve. I love that Karen, Sorry, I've got that one down where Taker suplexing from the apron back into the ring. I love that for somebody. It's just I don't know. It's like I know that's a basic spot you see every week, like, but just seeing the Undertaker, it just it just looked so. You know what I'm trying to say? It was just. It's like some gosh. of a video game or something. Yeah, like it's that. like it's like oh, I love that. <laughs> um I mean, and this is one of the best things about things like this. It's just seeing like people like I don't know, a bit more in the prime sort of thing as well. Yeah. And just seeing them yeah. when they're sort of like genuine main eventers and stars in there in the ring together and stuff like that. It makes you want to go back combinations. and watch Brett and Taker now and watch them either because I thought they looked all right. And Brett always names taken in one of his top five opponents. I'm like, well, the match is that good. They don't seem to get more praise than others, do they really? So we have to go back in there. Maybe watch some of them, Gareth, you know. We've maybe we've maybe got another one coming up, haven't we? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> Teaser alert. Uh, anyway, we've got we've got Steve now with Vader and like Steve's fucking Vader into the steps and then like twatting him with the top half on of the top steps. Of it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like he's mounting him from behind, isn't he? On his back and he's like clubbing him away. Great yeah. though, isn't he? Great. Them, ste- them steps just bounce off Vader, like as he's lying there with his fucked up eye, like you know, just like uh, he must have just been thinking, like, what the fuck am I doing here tonight? I'm not even winning, like yeah. you know. <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, there's a spot here that had me howling, absolutely howling, where Steve Irish whips Vader on the outside. And then Vader, <laughs> Vader slows down and slowly sidesteps the steps on the other side of the ring and then speeds up again into the guardrail and it's the timekeeper's Amazing. So he sort of tiptoes, tiptoes around the steps but then speeds up again, like kind of not, not realising that he's totally on camera, like going the whole way there. Like, but love that. I was crying, laughing at him. Like, there's another one coming the up, mate. There's another spot where I was howling, so you keep going with me because I can't wait. <laughs> Get to it. Now we've got Vader with Brett, and like he twats him in the guardrail in the entranceway. They sort of, Brett reverses Vader over the uh, over the top of the um, uh, over the top of the entrance barrier. Uh, sorry, the ringside barrier, and they sort of brawl into the crowd a little bit. Quickly come back. You've got Vader sharpshooting Brett. Yeah, that's it. It takes ages for him to turn it over. I think Brett's like trying to shout like Vader, what are you doing, Leon? Just don't be turning me over. But he does it in the end. What's he doing? I think he's generally been knocked silly off that chair. Shot. He's got to have been. Because Brett's not agreeing to that, is he? That early in the match, especially. As, okay, as Brett no. as, as Brett said, sharpshooter. And like <laughs> Leon hasn't Leon hasn't realised that he's supposed to be taking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gone off seeing that mate. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, God. Uh, Steve's back with Brett after kicking him while he's in that sharpshooter. And then you've got Steve and Taker double, t- uh, 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 double team. And, sorry, Brett and Taker du- double, t- double, t- uh, Brett and Taker double team and Steve. You've got Austin in a Thez press on Vader and like Austin getting some good fucking digs into Vader's yeah. bloody eye here as well on the floor that I like there. Just like just a nice little addition to the Fez press. Then you've just got shit going on all over the place. You've got Brett pile driving Austin. You've got Vader missing a moonsault attempt on Taker. You've got Taker choking Vader with a cable on the outside and Vader choking him. You've got Steve trying to throw Brett over the top rope on the, you know, on the inside of the ring going on there. There's just all sorts just going on here. Brett hits the second rope elbow on Steve, not the top rope this time, uh, but gets yeah. a uh, gets a near fall out of out of that one. Then Steve rolls up Brett for a near fall. There's no logic. There's no selling. There's no nothing going on at stages between you. People are just taking big moves, and then just a second yeah. later, they're just fucking Getting spawning another yeah. big move back or whacking on a submission or something like that. Just uh, just wild. You've got all four lads falling together here, quite near each other in a spot where clearly there's that much fucking chaos going on that they just needed a little chat just to decide what they were doing next kind of thing. And this is where they then sort of like, I think they've said, right, let's work to the finish here. You've got um, Brett, um, uh, big, you've got Brett um, dropping Vader with a huge kick to the nuts. Amazing. It's like, like a proper field goal attempt, isn't it? It's like <laughs> proper full on. Brett nearly jumps up. He takes the bump himself, I think, Brett, doesn't he? It's like, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> But we've got the double balls attack going on because meanwhile in the other corner, Steve's dragging Taker balls first into the ring post and then smashing his knee into it. So we've got fucking balls flying everywhere at the moment with this one. You can tell we're coming to the finish here because Brett uh, sticks the old side Russian on um, on Vader for the two count. But then put then Vader somehow randomly is then suddenly arm barring Brett like a second uh, a second later after that one. You've got Steve and Taker trading attempts to throw each other over the top rope. Got Taker throwing Steve over the top rope, with Steve managing to float straight back under the bottom rope to to get back uh, get back in the ring. But then you've got Brett eliminating Steve, dumping him over the top rope, and and Steve uh, goes off uh, walking up the entrance way. So there. so yeah. so as he did in the uh, Rumble, he's eliminated him first. He's uh, he's took him uh, yeah. took him out of the equation first uh, this time. So um, will it be the end for Steve uh, for us for us, Steve? We shall see. We shall we see. Shall we've see. got a. We're down to three now. So we've got Bet, Brett and Vader beating down Taker, and they they throw him out of the uh, ring, but not over the top rope. Paul Bear, Paul Bear KOs Taker with the urn to the top of the head, like uh, <laughs> gives him a good whack to the, the top of the head there. And you've got Taker uh, stumbling about on the outside. That got a buzz out of that. You then got Vader climbing to the top rope, but with a uh, Brett uh, grounded there. So we're thinking it's going to be a moonsault attempt here or something like that. But in uh, one of Brett's favourite spots, he's playing possum, and he uh, quickly springs to his feet and jumps to the uh, top rope, punches Vader, and then lands a huge superplex. Superplex him, off like. the top. But I remember yeah. them doing that in the, one of the Raw matches they had, like because I think uh, Kevin Nash always mentioned this about Brett, like that the Hitman. It's it's Brett. Obviously, it's his gimmick, but. He, he, you didn't have to, any size, Kevin Nash said. Like Brett, you should be able to do anything. You know what I mean? You could do anything to you, whether you're tall, whether you're large, built, anything. He could always hit you with all these moves. So that's why he always busted that suplex on Vader because he's the hitman. And it's it's great bump, though, isn't it? It's a great. Oh, stuff. yeah. It's it's like it come. 
they come down fast as well, and it's a really yeah, long rotation by Vader as well. And like, Vader's yeah, so not on it, the it, top first, is he? And then I'm thinking, this is can't snap him from like the second, and he just about gets up. But as you say, he does it that quick. It's snappy, isn't it? It's it's great. Yeah. Um, you know, following on from that, you know, Vader's fucked, so Brett sticks the sharpshooter on him. So you're expecting, yeah, here we go. Vader's going to be tapping here, and we're going to be down to two. But for some reason, Taker gets in the ring and uh, clubs Brett in the head and sends Brett to the outside. Like, just let Vader tap, Taker, mate, and just uh, then you'd be uh, down to two. Maybe and... he's still dizzy off the end shot, There's a bit of logic. There's a bit of logic. <laughs> <laughs> but lo and behold, who should uh, who should um, who should turn up? What we've got um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's gone off that ramp, but he uh, he hasn't gone away as you, as you wouldn't expect after his uh, Royal Rumble antics. And uh, Steve returns, and he he batters Brett on the outside and puts him headfirst into the ring post. Um, Vader goes for the Vader bomb on Taker, but Taker sits up and ball shots him over the top rope, and the crowd goes absolutely yeah. bonkers for that elimination. Genuinely so, I mean, like, 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 you know, again, just coming back to your point about Taker winning the matches and things like that over like fucking anything here with this uh, with this crowd, and then when he when you know when he gets that elimination, going right with it, and you know, again. The, there's an argument either way for either lad winning this uh, this Hell match yeah. really with those reactions from 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 Taker there. If Steve got uh, still going at a Brett in ring, but you know Taker gets rid of Steve. Taker choke slams Brett, and then Taker goes for the tombstone, but Steve's on the outside and he pulls Brett's leg and crotches him on the top rope. You've then got Steve on the apron and you've got Taker in ring and they're like brawling over the um, over the top rope and then Brett um, comes and rolls Undertaker up for a uh, for a near fall. Taker uh, uh, Taker it's Steve and then Brett immediately clotheslines Taker over the top rope and eliminates him. And for the uh, fourth time, your WWF World Heavyweight Champion is Brett the Hitman Hart. Wild touch, Matty. In 24 minutes and five seconds, Gareth, this one. And yeah, it's absolutely like I've got that down, just just me weird. Like it's it's chaos. It genuinely is from the off, as you say. There's it's just four guys going out there, like selling out the window, just just non-stop chaos and action and moves and brawling and what you'd expect. And I'm guessing you're not massive on it. Am I right there? What did you did you enjoy it for what it was? I enjoyed it for what it was, but it's, it's, I mean, I said it before thinking about the two characters, but it's like, it's almost like a video game. It's like playing a four way, but like having four pads with your mates and you're all just spamming moves on each other and yeah. just doing shit all over the place. So it's, it's one of them where it's fun as a match to sit down and watch. Yeah. And it's like enjoyable from that point of view, but it's not what I would consider. I wouldn't consider it a classic, you know, with my wrestling sensibilities yeah. and things like. Like, you know, I love a good, I love a good brawl. I love, you know, as you know, my match of the year, obviously, like Hangman Swerve and stuff like that. Even with yeah. gimmicks involved and things like that, when there's that genuine heat between them. But um, this was one of those where it was just like it was throwing on an '80s action movie as opposed to watching like a, a, a classic, you know. I, yeah. would, I, I would say. Fair play, yeah. No, I, I did. I, I, as you said, I enjoyed it for what it was. Just that chaos, that non-stop. Like it, as you say, it had me chuckling with a couple of them spots involving Leon there. Like, I mean, fair play to him. You know what I mean? But he was like, and I've got to go. Keep going back for the, like the Undertaker. Like when he hits that choke slam on Bret Hart, the camera's shaking in the arena because the fans are genuinely stomping and clapping and anticipating this big win. Like, and um, 
it's just it is. It was obviously Brett, you know, wins this match and and we're, well, we're meant to be off to the races with Brett, but obviously the next night he he, he loses that because which he plays in again. Steve's so obsessed. Like, and at the end of this, I love it. And Brett always used to call him the hyena, Steve Austin, didn't he? He always used to call him that. And it's right, he, he won't let go. He can't. I love that that part of Steve during this. He had that genuine hatred for Brett Hart. Yeah. That every time you've seen him, he was in the background yeah. and coming to attack him, any promo. And I love the end of this where he's just that relentless because people can get bored of, like, interference. And But it was just done so realistic. that like, he, He's not stopping until something happens here. And he, because through his relentlessness, he cost Undertaker the match. So he's like fuming even more the next night, obviously, which plays into him costing Brett the title against Psycho Sid. Because he's one, once again, if memory serves me correct, like the match is meant to happen earlier on the show. I think that's one of the first two hour ones, if I'm not mistaken. And Austin comes out and batters Brett on the way to the ring. And like he tries to, 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 to call the match off, but then he attacks him backstage. And then he goes into the uh, finish of the actual title match when it does happen. Yeah. So it just plays a part out of setting your seeds for that WrestleMania 13 match that they do have because it's just that he, he's just obsessed with Bret Hart at this point, Steve. Like, love it. And that's what makes that, you know, all of this like pieced together is like what then feeds into that WrestleMania match and just makes that so great as well. That with all of this build, with all of this, like, you know, like Austin fucking him over and things like that, with, you know, all just like attacking at, at different points and things like. They would have that match that they have at WrestleMania. It is logical. They're not going to go out there. and Even though it's a submissions match, they're not going to have a professional wrestling match, are they? Kind no. of a, a no. They're going to have a fight. They're going to have a brawl. They're going to just like, just want to kill each other. And that's that, that's what you get. And, you know, they couldn't just, they couldn't have just turned up and had that match out of the blue. It needed all this to gone before. It needed all that needle and hatred and like obsession from Steve and things like that to just uh, build, build, build into it and make that, um, make that great as well. So just been like, just good to just re revisit this and kind of just like, again, just like put them memories in your head really. And just like, just build into there of like, you know, you can sit down and you can watch that WrestleMania match and it's like a, just fucking outstanding. It's just the fucking greatest match of all time. It's my yeah. greatest it, match of all time. Favorite yeah. and best. It's, it's both yeah. in one for but me. It, but it's all. But it almost. It's almost. Even though I haven't watched that in the last week, it's almost better in my mind now from rewatching yeah, all of this. The, yeah. Things <laughs> like that. It, it sort of just adds an extra little notch and an extra little layer to it as well because you just you're just reminded of all this stuff. Like, keep oh. listeners can can wait for for the episode thirteen for maybe revisiting that match, Gareth. So you know it'll come eventually. It'll come eventually. But yeah, I mean that takes us, you know, to um, the end of uh, another episode, Gareth. And as I say, we've we've covered Brett there, Shape and Steve, and yeah, it fully enjoyed it, mate. And um, if there's anything left to say, I, I'm wondering what it'll be. Oh well, to me, mate, it just uh, just seems like that's another episode excellently executed. Through a words again. Good night, everybody. <laughs> See ya.